Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Hi, Believers. I just wanted to pop in real quick and thank you all for listening to Season 14 of the podcast. While I take a break and get Season 15 ready, I figured this was a great opportunity to introduce you to a podcast that I personally love. This is an episode from the Paranormal Portal, hosted by the incredibly talented Brent Thomas. If you like what you hear, be sure to head on over and subscribe to the Paranormal Portal wherever you listen to your podcast or find their links in the show notes of this episode. I'll be seeing you real soon for Season 15 of Believe. And this thing came busting out of the brush on my left-hand side and ran across the road in front of me, dove over our barbed wire fence, five-strand barbed wire fence, dove, it was on two legs, and then it dove over the fence, went down to all fours. He about half opened his mouth and growled at me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us, and special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word. Always remember, if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share, feel free to email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com, and you too could be a guest on the show.
and gentlemen, today's show is one that I've been trying and excited to pull together for a long time and we finally got everything connected. And uh, the gentleman we're going to be talking to today is a, a lifelong researcher and experiencer of the Bigfoot encrypted phenomena. And he also gets his feet into the paranormal too. So he's kind of all over the map, but he's just a fantastic guy and, and someone that I have a lot of respect for. And I'm speaking, of course, of Tex of Texas Front Porch on YouTube. And uh, we're going to get into talking about him and his journey. So I hope you all are ready because it's going to get spooky. All right, Tex, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, brother. Man, I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. I know we, me and you both, but we got so many dead gum irons in the fire that, you know, it's hard to touch base. It is, but I'm glad we finally got it worked out. Uh, you know, as I was just talking to you before we were recording, it's like, yeah, in my mind, we were going to do this like, uh, you know, in the middle of last winter and now it's already spring and, and the time just flies. But thanks for making this happen today. Oh man, I, I'm I'm more than happy to be here. I was excited when I got the email. I'm like, and then I'm having to, you know, of course, push the push the show, and I'm like, oh no, you know, no. like because I, I I hate doing that. You know, it's like last minute, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh no, brother. I mean, you know, life happens, and and certainly scheduling is is sometimes double tough when you've got a lot of things going on. But I I tell you what. You know, you've had so many experiences. Your your pedigree is huge for all of this, but I, I think all of the journeys usually start somewhere. So where did yours start? How did this all begin? Well, you know, I've always been kind of into the Bigfoot thing because I, I, I've got family from Texarkana. My my uncle owned land in Falk. Oh, wow. You know, so I remember going to see um, Legend of Boggy Creek at the theater, <laughs> oh, you know, I remember when <laughs> my big brother, now my brother's 15 years older than I am. Uh-huh. I remember that when the critter stuck his head, through, his arm through the window and the guy was sitting on the toilet, my brother <laughs> jumped over in my lap, you know? <laughs> and then I, we, uh, of course me and my little cousins were up there and, and uh, I remember one night we were running around the backyard with our toy guns. We were hunting, you know, hunting the falcon monster and all this kind of stuff. And uh, my older cousin, I guess he was 17, 18 at the time, he went out the front door, climbed up on the roof, and jumped down in the middle of us in the in the backyard wearing a gorilla mask. <laughs> now, oh, no. <laughs> everybody run off except for my dumb butt. I stood there pulling the trigger on a toy gun at him. You know, I wasn't smart enough to run. <laughs> oh, you were committed. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it was just pure, just pure panic. I just froze. I think so. I ain't got no sense to run, you know? Sure. But, uh, no, that, so I've always been interested in it, mm-hmm. you know? And like everybody else, you know, the, the Patterson Gimlin film and all that kind of stuff. I thought, man, that stuff's cool. You know, I, and I always thought, it's very possible that these critters are out there. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> when I turned 16, I found out they really were. Oh, man. Now, can I can I hold you on this a second and just ask you, you saw the legend of Boggy Creek. You, you, you were from that area. What Did you grow up hearing stories about this as well? I mean, was it just common uh, tales of the of the region? It really was. I okay. mean, because, you know, I didn't grow up in Texarkana. We we, sure. we grew up in, uh, I actually, our place is about three hours okay. um, west of there. But we had family up there that I would, I would go spend the whole summer with. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, we would hear talk, oh. you know, and stuff. 
um, it, it, so it was really, I guess, kind of ingrained in me from the start. Right. Yeah. You know, but I, I, it's not something that you really thought about a whole lot. Yeah. You know, at yeah. that point in time, it was just a cool monster movie. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, people telling you stories to scare you as a little kid. You know, it's yeah. funny, the number of people that started this journey on that movie. I mean, I've interviewed so many people. It's like, you know, I was a teenager or a young kid and I saw The Legend of Boggy Creek. And it was like, boom, you know, it's like that ignited so many, so many careers in this and so many people dedicating a large portion of their lives to pursuing the, you know, the truth. And, and I think that that's amazing in and of itself. Yeah, I actually, I've had, I've had a, I had a really, what I think rare opportunity, um, since I got into this and, you know, I start meeting people and all this kind of stuff, going to conferences Mm -hmm. And I met the old boy that played the monster in the movie. <laughs> okay. And uh, I met him. At, I'm, I ran into him at a couple of conferences that I went to. And then I had the opportunity a few months ago. Um, they had a researcher's luncheon over in East Texas. Okay. And, and I had the opportunity to sit down and have lunch with the man. Oh. And he is, I mean, he's just an old country boy. He's down to earth, you know. Big old fella, though. Yeah, I was <laughs> he wondering. makes text look small, and that ain't easy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but just as nice, uh, yeah, old Crabtree. Yeah, was he was he also interested in the subject himself? Oh yeah, he's okay. a researcher. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, wow. he's a researcher. That's fantastic. So you you grew up n- having an idea of these things, and then you said at sixteen, your first experience. Would you mind telling us about that? No, not at all. Um, you got to realize how I grew up. I mean, I was, I was a country boy and, um, from about 12 years old, I was out by myself. You know, I go out hunting, fishing, trapping, I'll camp for a couple of days. I just tell mom and dad, you know, Hey, I'm going to be out yonder. You know, this is where I'm going to be. And I grab a couple of cans of beans and (laughs) I was gone, you know? Wow. So I had this place that I really, really loved to hunt. It was just, a, it, I've never seen another place like it. Mm-hmm. It was the backside of this old boy's property. And it was, I think he had about, I think it was like 1,600 acres, 1,200, 1,600 acres. Wow. And one part of it, he had it, um, he improved it and made a hay field out of it. And the other part of it, he just, he didn't touch. Okay. And it was very overgrown, just real thick. It was so thick that you had to get, you had to travel the game trails to get through it. And sometimes you're down on your hands and knees. Oh, um, I didn't do a whole lot of bushwhacking, what we call, you know, bushwhacking because I didn't want to screw up the game trails. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it was bad enough me leaving my scent there, you know, mm. but, um, you would travel these game trails and then these trees would just open up into clearings. And these clearings were anywhere from just big enough to throw a tent in to the small footprint of a house. And they were covered by what we call prairie grass, and it grows about a foot high. Mm-hmm. And it may have a scrub oak in the middle of it or something like that. You know, and it was just, you, there were several of them. You just travel a trail and you'd find this opening. You, you didn't like that when you go and find the next one. And it had a creek that ran down the back, the front side of it. Okay. And uh, so I would go back there and hunt. And the hunting was phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, before anybody gets mad at me for hunting, we ate what we killed. Sure. 
Yeah. Just how it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, anyway, I'd been out hunting and I was coming back home. Now it was about mile and a half, two miles back, you know, between the two places, my place and the place where I hunted. And I was on the white gravel road that bordered one side of our place. Mm-hmm. And I was just about to jump over the fence and crawl through the fence. I couldn't jump over this fence, <laughs> but crawl through this fence and make a beeline for the house. And this thing come busting out of the brush on my left-hand side and ran across the road in front of me, dove over our barbed wire fence, five-strand barbed wire fence, dove. It was on two legs, mm-hmm. and then it dove over the fence, went down to all fours. And then it, I saw the grass move for about 10, 15 yards, and it was gone. Wow. Now, the thing about it is, e- even even in the, in the Bigfoot circles, Mm-hmm. Seeing a Bigfoot's almost normal <laughs> when you when, but I didn't see a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. This is what now we call a dog man. Wow! And I mean, he was seven, about seven and a half feet tall. Um, very lean, but very muscular and, and barrel chested. Okay. And he was black, but he um, kind of had hints of like silver or gray in his coat. Mm-hmm. He wasn't real shaggy. Um, the arm, the arm hair. I remember it, it would. You could see it dangling down off his arms about four inches. Okay, but it wasn't real. Th- it wasn't real thick until you got to the top of his head, or well, about where your hairline starts. Okay, and he had what I only only thing I knew to call it the point at that point was a mane, oh. and it went down the back of his head, down his shoulders, and a V in a V shape down his back. Wow. And what I thought was a man then, I found out later, talking to people years and years and years later, that they tend to have a hump in the middle of their back. Oh. Um, almost like a grizzly. Oh, okay. And oh. Uh, I remember <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the one thing, that's, the moment that's frozen in my mind is when he turned his head in mid-stride and growled at me. Oh, and, yeah, it was an underwear changing moment, bro. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh no, that is horrifying. But you know, and a lot of people, when they when they talk about these things, they talk about how massive the head was, almost improportionate in, in, in to the body. Mm-hmm. This one really wasn't. I mean, it was big. Don't get me wrong, sure. but it didn't like. It, that's not the first thing that jumped out to me. Okay, so it seemed like it was pretty much symmetrical throughout its yeah. form. Okay, yeah. wow. now his ears were were they didn't set up high on his head like a lot of you know a lot of them are depicted. Sure, they were kind of they were lower on his head, but they were pinned back. You know how an old mm-hmm. horse or a hound dog would do; they'll pin them ears back. You oh, know? sure, yep. And uh, <laughs> he about half opened his mouth and growled at me, and that is. You know, a lot of people talk about how they had all these gnarly teeth. They couldn't hardly fit in their mouth and everything. Sure. But this one just, it was just looked like a canine mouth. I mean, it wasn't okay. nothing spectacular. I mean, except he was on two legs. Right. But. Uh, <laughs> just kind of spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me mm-hmm. is there's an old wives tale. If you're looking for a smart dog, get one with black in his mouth. Oh, sure. And this critter had a black mottled mouth and tongue. Wow. And I thought, 
you know, I, I, you know, going over it over and over and over and questioning your sanity over and over and sure. over, you know, um, he had, and this, I, one thing that surprised me mm-hmm. is when I start, I started going, cause you do the same thing when you see something like this, or I did anyway, you, you try to go, okay, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, you know, you're trying to make something make sense. Right. But he had he had human like hands. Really? Okay. Yeah. And his legs weren't really turned around backwards. I don't think he had true the true dog leg, you know, the hawk. Yeah, the digigrade or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um his feet just looked really long and he was up on his toes. Mm. And he had a pronounced heel. Um but yeah, it was it was well it was spooky, you know. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. But I, I had, at that point, because the problem was, <laughs> he went over the fence exactly where I was fixing to go. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped over on our property. Oh, no. And I'm like, and that part, that pasture was covered in what we call love grass down here. Okay. And it grows to about three and a half, four feet tall, unchecked. Okay. And it was... When I go through the thought process, it's uh, you know I've had people ask me, "Well, how long did it take you to decide this and make this decision?" I'm like, "It was it was split second, you know." But the thought, the pro, the, when you explain the thought process, it seems really long. But when I saw him go over there, I'm like, "Well, I ain't going in the tall grass with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know." Yeah, good call. And the the choice I had was to go up, keep going up that road, and then go. We, it teed into another road that went across the front of our place, and then our driveway was on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it was a long walk, you know. Well, <laughs> my shotgun. I had a little four ten with me. I had a couple of rabbits hanging on my belt. I didn't have any ammo left. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I seem, and that's the the whole the whole trip really is a blur, except there's one moment. Then I guess I had a moment of clarity or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking to myself, well, if he makes a run at me, maybe I'll get a swing at him. Or maybe I'm just jamming the barrel down his throat. I don't know. Right. But I got a three-foot club, and that's all I got. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. And then I, I, when I got home, and this is kind of funny. When uh, I got home, I walked in the back door, and my mom <laughs> Had a rule, no guns in the kitchen, right? <laughs> that is, you can't get no more country than that, right? <laughs> sure. So I walked in the house and I walked in the kitchen and I just pretty much just collapsed into a kitchen chair and I laid my gun on the table. Mm-hmm. My mom was in the kitchen. She, I don't know what she, I can't remember what she's doing, cooking or dishes or something. She turned around and I think she was just fixing to jump all over me, you know, skin me alive for having my gun and <laughs> much less sitting on the kitchen table you know? <laughs> and uh she turned around she looked at me she goes oh my god what's wrong with you why does a ghost mm. and i i tried to tell her but yeah. i couldn't speak oh. I, I was flat out i was in a, there's no way around it. i was in a state of shock yeah that's just how it was and i popped around off up in the air and all hell broke loose brother this thing sounded like a bull coming out of, out of the out of the brush. I mean, it the branches breaking, stuff ripping. I mean, it was crazy.
sister lived about 50 yards away from us and on the same property. She called my sister. My sister's 20 years older than I am. Okay. <laughs> so my, she called my sister. My sister came over, and it took them almost an hour to calm me down enough where I could tell them what happened. Wow. Okay. So, but, and of course, they tried to tell me that, you know, I saw a big dog, maybe I saw a wolf, maybe oh. I saw what they call a hobo back then, you know, and I just, sure. you know, it scared me and my imagination took over. And they didn't try to tell me that I was lying. They didn't, you know, I sure. was nuts or anything like that. They just tried to make it something where maybe I could make sense of it and accept it more, I think, is what their goal was. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they probably, seeing the state of shock you were in, they knew you saw something, but they were mm-hmm. just trying to make it make sense, yeah? And what, and I think the reason is because my mom was actually from Texarkana. Mm. She grew up with all those stories. Okay. You know. So, but anyway, but it never got breached that, well, maybe it was a, you know, a booger or, you know, a critter or whatever. Okay. Never did. Okay. No, no. She, 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 she shied away from that, you yeah. know, and I can understand that. I can understand why, you know, you don't want to tell your six year old, this young man that, oh yeah, you saw a monster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Turns out they're out there, son. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's gotta be horrifying. Now, before that, since this was something that you had no name for it when you saw mm-hmm. it. Okay. So there wasn't like any, any stories that had come around through the grapevine. Hey, somebody saw something funny, like a wolf running on legs. Okay. No, I mean, we would get the story of, we would get the stories of, you know, um, a mare would fall and then, you know, her coat would get tore up or, or, mm-hmm. you know, taken away or whatever or somebody you know an old cow drop a calf or and it would disappear or the mama would get tore up and you know chickens missing this type of thing and they would find tracks but it always got blamed on a pack of, i never will forget this a pack of wild dogs everybody would talk about oh the pack of wild dogs is back you know mm-hmm. or a big cat you know everybody was talked about being we had big cats around there we sure. still do yeah but um yeah that that's the kind of stuff we would hear wow. you know but yeah, after this, I was like, and what's weird is, like this story ain't weird enough. But, <laughs> um, this this, like so many other people, you you, you talk to, mm-hmm. and I know you take encounters like this. You talk to people who has been traumatized and and everything like this, and that's really part of the drive, biggest driving force I've got behind me doing my thing. Yeah. You know, is to give these people somebody to talk to. You ain't going to tell them they're crazy. Yeah. But um, this set me on my heels about six months. I didn't do I didn't do nothing. And when I had to go, if I had to go to the barn, I went bloated for bear. Mm. And if I had to go in the dark, <laughs> I was not a happy camper. And, you know, of course, it was go, go to the barn or. Go to the woodshed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Those are your options, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But I remember um, we had what, what a lot of people call a booger light, you know, a street light. Oh, um, sure. That we had put up out there. and uh, But that was the only light for miles, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I can remember having to go over to my sister's place or being over at my sister's place and having to go back home and it being dark, and I would do it at a dead run. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, for sure. 
Um, but I, I didn't go, I didn't go hunting or anything like that. I stayed close to the house mm. for about six months. And then I've, I've always despised bullies. Sure. My, my whole life. I just, that, that is the one thing I cannot tolerate. Mm. I don't care if you're kin to me or not. Somebody's picking, I'm going to, I'm going to step in. It drives my wife insane. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, I started feeling like I was being bullied. Oh, sure. And I started getting mad. And then I, I, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to no. know. If this thing wanted to kill me, it had the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? So I started going back out. Now I went loaded a little heavier than I usually went, <laughs> but, um, I started going back out a little bit of time, a little bit of time, a little bit of time. I finally started getting back to where I was going out to that place. I really like to go. Oh, cool. And, I guess it was probably had to be almost a year later that I was I was out there. I was, well, I was going out there, and there was a a tree that had fell over a trunk of the tree had fell over the barbed wire fence that split the hay field in this in this undeveloped part. Mm-hmm. And I got to where I would just run up the tree and jump over the fence. Oh, and I was I was going out there, and I was just about to run up on the run up that log, and I heard something walking in the brush. And uh, there was a set of twins that actually hunted the place. They lived on the other side of it. I knew them. I went to school with them. Okay. And uh, so I heard I heard something walking. I thought, you know, them, whatever, because it was it was whatever it was. It sounded like a person. Okay. So I hollered out. I said, uh, "Hey, David, Doug, that one of y'all out there?" And it stopped. Oh. I said, "Look, if that's one of y'all, let me know." And it just shifted its weight. I said, look, whoever's out there, if you don't say something, I'm going to shoot. And it just shifted its weight again. <laughs> and I popped around off up in the air and all hell broke loose, brother. Oh, my God. This thing sounded like a bull coming out of, out of, the, out of the brush. I mean, it was, the branches breaking stuff, ripping. I mean, it was crazy. I ain't too proud to tell you. Oh, Tex Tucktail had ran. <laughs> I didn't slow down. I didn't look back till I hit the house. If this thing was fixing to snatch me, I didn't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when he gave up Chase. I don't care as long as he gave up. Um, but it didn't take me quite as long to get back out there. Okay. You know, yeah. Because I my my logic was he's had two chances. Right. He just won't. He just. It's like. You know, he, he don't want to hurt me. He just don't want me where he's hunting, probably. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just interesting that it was still sticking around. Like, you know, we often wonder about the, the behavior of these things. It's like, well, what did they do? Do they do they have a home range or do they kind of migrate through a great area or, <coughs> or what do they do? You know, and I think that's pretty interesting that – you know, in your in your situation, how much how much time had passed between the first encounter and this? Probably close to a year, eight months to a year had to be. Oh, because so. I I know I was I know I didn't go anywhere for six months, right? You know, and then I gradually started going back out, but right. um, so it had it had to be at least eight months. You know, so it's I, still, I would say it still um, could be a migratory pattern, though. You know that it, it just happened be. to be in your neighborhood around that time of year, right? But. I would agree with you. Sure. But <laughs> years and years later, when I finally came out of the proverbial closet and started talking about <laughs> this, um, okay. 
I, you know, because and, and, I, I stumbled on it. You know, yeah. I mean, people were talking about because when I saw it, the term dog man was not even coined at that point. Right. The only thing I knew to call it was a werewolf. Right. And another thing, you know, a lot of people that see not just these things, but anything that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I think they look towards Hollywood. Right. And they try to find something that is, you know, resembles it the most. Mm-hmm. The most, the the closest thing that I've seen put out there was American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a creepy looking creature, too. Yeah, he wasn't as shaggy as, as that one, but he had the the shorter, blunt snout that that creature does, uh-huh. not the long, narrow wolf snout. Sure. Um, but anyway, when I got to talking to people, I, I met a young woman. Um, that that had a that had a, a YouTube channel, a Dogman Diaries, I think it was called. Okay. And uh, sadly, it's defunct now. She was great, but you know, life happens. Yeah. And she's the first one I told my story to. Mm. And I got talking to talking to her, and she'd had an encounter where one she was on a double date, and the guys got out and went to were going walked up to a house they were driving up to. I don't know. I can't remember whose house it was. But this thing come out of the trees and started tapping on the glass of the car <laughs> oh with the two girls in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so they got the bright idea to honk the horn at it, and it just pissed it off. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I talked to her about it and stuff, and she started asking me all these questions. Mm-hmm. And about like like you did a while ago, you know, well, what kind of reports did you hear and all this kind of stuff, and sure. and uh, did anything odd happen, you know? And what was curious is about a year before I had my sighting, mm-hmm. we had one of our dogs go missing. Oh! And the only way we found it was we started smelling him. Oh! And we found him. He was up underneath the house, and of course. Daddy ain't going to crawl under the house. Guess who's crawling under the house? So Otex was sitting in the house to grab to get this dog out. And when we pulled him out, it looked like literally somebody held held him up by the front legs and just gutted him. Oh, my God. And it was brutal. Um, And my daddy said, oh, he probably got into it with a bobcat. Hmm. What do I know? Sure. I'm a, at that point, I'm a 15-year-old kid. Who am I to argue with dad, you know? Right. And uh, he said, yeah, he probably got into a bobcat, and he crawled up in there and died. Mm. Well, talking to talking to this gal, for some reason, and we don't know why, it's all conjecture, mm-hmm. but these critters, for some reason, have a tendency to, tendency to throw animals underneath a structure. Huh. Around the home, almost like a, a warning. Right, right. You know, um, every once in a while you hear about there was a squat, you know, a, a bugger that did it. But most of the time, you, you hear more about a, a Bigfoot will actually take the animal yeah. away mm-hmm. and not just leave it, or or they'll throw it against a house. Right. Is more of what you hear about them. These things tendency, I don't know why, throw it underneath the building. Wow. But anyway, um, and then <laughs> she goes, well, odds are this thing was in the area quite a while. Mm-hmm. And the place right behind the place that I hunted, these people had 
bought it, rented it. I don't know what they did. But they kept their horses out there. They didn't live out there. They just kept their horses out there, and they would come out on the weekends, ride their horses, whatever, you know. Well, one day they just packed up and left. <laughs> they <laughs> loaded up all the horses, and they just left. Wow. Well, I'm curious kid. You know, I'm walking around the field, you know, looking for stuff. We had arrowheads and fossils and all that kind of stuff out there. Sure. And I was browsing around the place, and I ran across a, a, a fully intact, for the most part, horse skeleton. Oh, still still had some still had some hide on it, but you know bones and hide about all that was left. But what was strange about it, and I didn't think about it at the time, was it really hadn't been messed with by predators. And because uh, most time, you know, if something dies, it it ain't gonna be there. Right. You, know, or you might find bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Right. And uh, I thought it was just cool to find a horse skull and put it in the rock garden for mom, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, when I was talking to her and I was, I was you know, all this stuff started, you know, I was telling her all this stuff, you know, it happened and everything about the stories that we would hear and then, you know, this and that. And the dots started to connect. Yeah. And she's like, this thing was probably in the area for a few years. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. <laughs> Then did the did the activity just kind of stop then, or or at least you didn't have any more experiences with it after that? I never had any. I never had any other run-ins that I know of with him. Okay. Or think now I would go out. I, don't get me wrong, and I, I don't know because I can't. I can't say it was him. Sure. But I would go out there and I would feel like I wasn't alone. I feel like I was being watched. Mm-hmm. But that very well could have been just, you know. Leftovers from being scared so damn bad. Yeah, you know. Good. So I can't say, oh, I had that feeling of being watched, and he was out there. I just, I can't do that. Yeah. No. Now, I, I my other that. research, yeah, though that that my spidey sense goes off when that happens out there when I'm researching now, but sure, not yeah. back then. No, that's just an incredible baptism by fire into the whole uh, cryptid field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, jeez. Being a young guy and, and having such such a, a, amazing encounters. Ended up talking to them about forty five minutes, but they were out there looking for a reported coven of witches that was out there sacrificing chickens. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. (laughs) 
Um, but you're right. I, I, you know, I think the most impressive part of all of that, I think, is the fact that even as a young man, you you reclaimed your life. Like you didn't let it hobble you and you didn't let it cripple you. You just, you know, you got mad, as you said, and you, and you <laughs> reclaimed that. And I think that's admirable because – well, you talk to witnesses all the time, right? How many people's lives have changed irrevoc- irreversibly after an experience like that? Like they're just done. Talk to, you know, generational hunters, you know, the part of this long line of hunters oh, and they'll have an encounter and be like, nope, all of a sudden they're, you know, doing a garden instead. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's a few of them really that I can just name off the top of my head. Carrie Arnold's one of the, one mm-hmm. of them, yep. you know, Bigfoot Odyssey. Um, one of my co-hosts, um, Bigfoot Michigan Rob is another one. Yeah. You know, he, in fact, he was, um, him and Carrie are the only two people that I actually know mm-hmm. that have not only saw a Bigfoot and heard a Bigfoot, but they watched it vocalize. Yes. That's very, that's rare. Yeah. That's very rare. But they were both traumatized by what happened to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, Rob called in once to my uh, YouTube show. And uh, talked about what he experienced, and it was you know you could tell you, you could tell, and that was a couple of years ago or so now, and and it was just the weight of it was still so so heavy, but you know again I think he's another one. Well, Carrie I know has has also reclaimed his life, you know, and been working real hard on that. So that's that's really admirable. I, and I I got to tip my hat to any of you, any of the people that have had these experiences like yourself and like them that continue on, you know, because. We do talk to so many people that just never, they never, that's like a dead part of their life now, you know? Yeah. And, and I got, I got to be honest with you. Hmm? You know, when I talk to people that swear they'll never go out in the woods again, they'll never go camping again. They'll never do anything with the, you know, things that they enjoy doing. Right. They'll never do it again. It breaks my heart. Right. Because, you know, when I go out, that's, I feel closer to, well, I, I, I feel closer to God. I mean, you know, sure. that, that's my. Yep. You know, it's my fortress of solitude. I get out in the brush and I love it, man. It's just yes. You no, know. and I agree. I find it to be a real a real reset for me personally. Just getting out, mm-hmm. you know, whether I just hiking around or or looking for mushrooms or whatever. Yeah, it's it's really part of. It was been a part of my whole life. Now I had an experience where I got growled at, and I'm pretty sure it was a Bigfoot, but I never did see it. I couldn't turn around. I just didn't right. dare. But and and it changed things for me. But at the same time. I, you know, I, I didn't have an experience like any of you three, but it was still real enough to me that it was, it really did affect me. But, you know, after a while, I I didn't have a name for it though either. And I didn't even think it could be like a Bigfoot because it's in Minnesota. And to me, you know, Bigfoot was in the Pacific Northwest. That's where I heard, that's where I heard about it. And there was only one of them. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He just really got around that guy. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just something I, I guess, what I think is absolutely right is your point. It had two chances and it didn't. And and I think that you're right. If they're, if they're going to get you, you'll be got before you know they're even there. I mean, literally, I mean, these things are such masters of their, of their terrain that oh, yeah. the, you wouldn't even know it was there and not, you know, just yeah. be boom lights out and it would be all done. But you know, you're right. I, it just wanted to show you it was there for whatever reason. Like, hey, this is my turf. I'm hunting here. You go to the other route you know, or whatever. So, you know, and, and I always, when, when I start talking, you know, about Bigfoot, Dogman, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and 
people want to tell me that, you know, oh, nothing that big can hide. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. I'm a vet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I could I could hide my 51 ton tank in a stand of trees. Don't tell me yes. something like that can't hide. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean but, they're uh, they're they're in a natural ghillie suit for God's sakes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, and then and there's the whole debate on the hair, mm. you know, being translucent and picking up the colors of the background. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's a strange phenomenon. It really is. We had a hair sample come out of Brown Springs um, that was found in my research area up there, and it was the first one that I've got to actually hold. Because the samples had already been sent off and everything, sure. and I got to I got to hold and touch what was left over, and it felt like my beard right after I oil it. Really? Yeah. Um, it, you know when I when it was, but it was it was it was softer. Mm-hmm. But that that's that's the feel it had. It had that oily feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was, that was really cool. And then of course that's where, you know, I've had my encounters out there too. So. Sure. So this is your dogman encounters. You've also had Bigfoot encounters, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to hear about those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) and honestly, I think the whole dogman thing, um, (laughs) prepared me (laughs) in a way for, for Bigfoot because, it was like the first the first sighting I ever had. I knew I was I knew what I was going out there for, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's one of my pet peeves is watching these shows. You know, <laughs> be it paranormal, be it Bigfoot. Yep. You know, and they're out there, they're looking for these things, and they find them and they run off. <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah. you, you were looking for it, you found it. Don't run <laughs> off now. You know, that's why you're here. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But. uh Anyway, um, I'd went out with an old boy that, that knew the area and I didn't know the area mm-hmm. and, uh, it was eight thirty in the morning and we just parked my truck. We expected to go down the, the area that, that I researched, you got the red river and then you have like a, um, the bank of the red river and it's, it's usually about 15, 20 feet to the water mm-hmm. and then it comes down in a floodplain. So when the river goes out of banks, it goes down in this floodplain and then you get up into the wheat fields and the hay fields and everything else. And then the, and the uh, wildlife refuge area that's there. Okay. So we were parked just, just out, just outside of the, uh, in a hay field, just outside the uh, floodplain. And the goal was the, our plan was to get out, go down the floodplain and go down through there. Mm-hmm. So we get out like I said, it's eight thirty in the morning. He's getting the gear. Just I didn't have nothing. I just carried a little pocket knife, and you know, <laughs> I, I'm going for a walk in the woods at that point. You know, I didn't know. Sure. And uh, so he's getting he's getting his cameras and all that kind of stuff done. And I'm standing outside my truck, and I'm kind of getting the lay of land because I'd never been here before. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking through this thin tree line that separated this hay field and this wheat field. Now at this time, the wheat field was about four feet high, and I'm looking through this tree line, and this. <laughs> This critter jumps up out of this wheat field, stands up, looks around, and then takes off running towards the, the bottoms. Oh. Now, I was pretty convinced it wasn't a person um, because I was seeing him from the waist up, and the wheat was oh. about four feet tall. Wow. So he's a big old <laughs> so boy. He was every bit of eight foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to wow. be. Wow. Okay. And then there was a fire break that was mowed around the wheat field. 
So I saw him. From, I saw him run. I saw him running waist from the waist up, and then when he hit the uh, fire break, I got to see him head to toe for a couple of steps, mm. and it's solid black, solid mm. black. But he didn't have a conical head. He had a round head. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Um, now he was covered in fur, but it looked slick. You okay. know, he was well groomed. Mm-hmm. And uh, my <laughs> my exact words were, "I'll be damned." There goes one right there. <laughs> Wow, how about that? Like you're at the grocery store. There's some milk. <laughs> he starts going, what, 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 what? I said, yeah, he just ran over, jumped out of the windfield, ran over down on the trees. And I got nothing announced to me. That was the third time that somebody had been with him that seen it come out of that area. And <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. But we, we, we went ahead and we walked down in the bottoms, and we, we took a left turn up there, or down in the bottoms. And... We heard something up on the ridge. Mm-hmm. We heard something walking up on the ridge. And then we would walk for a while, and then we'd hear a knock. Mm-hmm. And he was shadowing us the whole time. We'd walk about another 100 yards or so, and then we'd hear another knock. We think what was going on is he was herding a, um, a troop in front of us, so we wouldn't walk up on him. Oh, you know? okay. Okay. So it's probably but, a family unit around there or something, huh? Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as Bigfoot goes, you were talking about migratory patterns. Sure. I think they're nomadic, mm. but not in the way we think they are. Okay. Um, I think they have a territory like a big cat does. You know, a big cat, he'll have 300, mile, 300 square mile territory. Sure. And he just makes his way through there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's why if you have a big cat in the area – you know, about every six months he'll wander through your area or four months or whatever, you know. Right. Oh, you know, somebody saw him. Oh, yeah, well, he's in this area. And then somebody, you know, a couple months later, somebody else on the other side of town will see him, you know. Oh, okay. Right. And I think I think that's what they do. But I think they they move in that territory constantly. Okay. You know. Yep. Um, but the, if they find a place like a, a wildlife refuge mm-hmm. that's got game and it's got real restricted hunting and, and all this kind of stuff and, got, and it's thick – and they've got places to go, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this place, especially Brown Springs, there's a cemetery, you know, a dis, um, decrepit cemetery up there. Well, right underneath the, the, the cemetery, there's a freshwater spring that comes up and bubbles up on the other side of the cemetery mm-hmm. and flows across the road. I mean, they've got fresh water. Right. So they have know? everything they need. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, all kinds of private land out there, mm-hmm. thick, thick brush, you know. I mean, why are they going to go somewhere? Right, right. You know? Yeah. I've, I've talked to tribal police out there that said two of their officers had Bigfoot sightings out there. Oh, sure. It doesn't surprise me at all. Wow. Wasn't there we got a- cornered out there one night. We were fixing to go up in the cemetery. I had a paranormal group with me. Um, what the paranormal, man. They, it's a mother and daughter team. Oh, uh-huh. they're fantastic. Oh, cool. But um, – they came out there with me, and uh, I'll tell you the backstory on that if we got time. But sure, we got all the time you need, brother. Um, don't tell me that I can talk <laughs> on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but um, we we went out there on, on a collaboration investigation, mm-hmm. and they want you know they'd been up cemetery before. Okay, this is kind of the backstory. They went up there; they had no idea about Bigfoot and dogman activity out there. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to go. They found the cemetery. They just wanted to go see the cemetery, right? Right. So they go up there, this mother and daughter by themselves. They get back. They post the videos, and everybody's chewing them out. 
<laughs> what are you doing? Count me. What are you doing up there? Do not go back up there by yourselves. You know? Uh, um, so I, I said, look, if you want to go back out there, I'll go. I'll take you out there. Uh-huh. So we went out there a couple of times, and this is one of the times that we were going to go out there. And we just pulled up to the, because the cemetery sets up ah, about 100, maybe 150 yards up a hill mm-hmm. on top of the hill. So you park down below right by the spring, and then you walk up the trail. Now, we had pulled in. I mean, we no, no sooner pulled in, and we're surrounded by five cop cars. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> there was a couple of uh, tribal police and about three sheriff's deputies. And we're like, what in the world? We're getting out, you know, our hands up. We're not armed, blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I was going out there and investigating by myself, spending a couple of nights and all this kind of stuff. I never went armed. I carried a bowie knife. It's all I carried. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but anyway... <laughs> we get out, we start talking to these fellers and uh, ended up talking to them about 45 minutes. But they were out there looking for a reported coven of witches that was out there sacrificing chickens. Oh, geez. Wow. And they weren't making sure that we weren't that. You didn't have no yeah. chickens. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's, it's the, the occult activity up there is pretty high, too. Well, that so, might explain why the cemetery is so active. Yeah, and it is active. I've got so much evidence out of that thing. Wow. I was up going up there by myself. I guess it was, I can't remember if it was one of the midnight trips or the 3 a.m. trips, but mm-hmm. I was going up there. I was by myself, and I was getting my gear ready, and I was walking around in my truck, and I had my I had a recorder going. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear this at the time. I heard this after I played it back. About the first five minutes of the, of, of the recording, you can hear a, a growl. Oh. Just constantly going. Oh no, that's a bad <laughs> sign. That's a bad sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then about, I think it's like twelve minutes into the trip up to the cemetery, you hear a female voice almost in my mic go, "Come on!" Oh jeez. And I never heard that either. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a good thing, though, right? I mean, I was hearing. I, I would. I would hear, um, you know, growls and whoops and everything, but but I never heard any of that. And it's just. That that type of crazy stuff goes on up there all the time. There does seem to be a correlation, though, between Bigfoot and, and well, and Dogman and cemeteries, though. And I, I always wonder about that. Like, what is going on? Have you noticed that as well, or have you heard about that? Oh, yeah. We, we've been trying to piece that puzzle together for a long time. And for uh, I had a theory for a, for a while, mm-hmm. and... I thought, well, maybe they're using it as like a first line of defense. Mm. They can kind of get close to people, mm-hmm. but because most of the cemeteries that you hear reports of them being are old defunct cemeteries. Right, right. And not a whole lot of people go there. That's true. You know, maybe that's like a first line of defense for them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with it being sacred ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The fact is we don't know what these creatures are, so we can't say what they aren't. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's that's a great point because we we often, I, and I find myself trying to attribute behaviors to these things just based on anecdotal evidence. And and you're absolutely right. We really know nothing about them at mm-hmm. all. And uh, you know, even to the point of the the variety of of uh, claims that people have about what they've observed is just so across the board and and so almost nebulous. Like yeah. 
you'll have some really supernatural thing going on. You'll hear the super the UFO claims and cryptids, and then you'll hear this, uh, you know, transdimensional ideas, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's so premature. And I think that that's that's a great reminder because we really don't know anything about them other than the fact that they seem to eat, they leave footprints, they leave fur. They seem to be a physical creature, uh, but other than that, we really got nothing. What we're trying to figure out, because we run into so much paranormal stuff out when, when we're, you know, critter hunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this, this Brown Springs, Oklahoma is notorious for that. Right. And because it's got such a bloody past, mm-hmm. you know, and the cemetery has got such a dark past. I mean, it was owned by by Mr. Love that that. The county's named after the the um, wildlife refuge is named after. Okay. He owned all that area for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, he also owned over a hundred slaves. Oh, geez. and he yeah, and he was actually Chickasaw. Okay, and which was odd, but um, we everything that we, all the evidence that we can find points towards that cemetery on the hill actually being an old Indian burial mound. Oh, to start with. Okay. And um, then, you know, he, he had the land and he used it as his family cemetery. And some white folks moved in. They used it. Um, and then some moron <laughs> <laughs> got a hold of it and built his pig pens in the cemetery on top of the hill. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, for, God. Because the drainage was good. Oh, Wow. So, I mean, you, you talk about disrespectful. Yeah. You, you can't get more disrespectful than that. Yeah, that's not good. And we've also found that <clears throat> doing the research and stuff that they're supposedly, and I, I've got a picture of what I think this thing was. I thought it was a Bigfoot for a long time, but I don't think it is now. Okay. Um, there, there was what was described as a huge ancient dark entity that looked over that place Ooh. cemetery and, and i've got a photo of it oh wow and, uh, it, it's standing back in the trees and honest to god it looks like andre the giant silhouette back there it's what it looks like it had a big bushy hairdo and everything and uh we went back and took now i didn't take that photo um but i had it sent to me and then i said <laughs> when i the guy texted it to me because I love going to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. He was driving by. And he goes, it was all grown up. He goes, well, here's your favorite spot. It's what it looks like now, you know. And I said, well, what about that big boy standing in the background? Next, next thing I next text I get is, holy crap! <laughs> you know? Oh, wait and, a minute, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we went we went back out, and this is I'll tell you something right now. Sure. I suggest to anybody that's a researcher or anybody that catches something odd on film. Mm-hmm. If it's at all possible, go back, take comparison photos about yes. the same time of day with the same camera at the same place. If you can get as close as you can, mm-hmm. see if you can recreate it. You've got if you're going to do this stuff and this is paranormal, cryptid research, whatever you're doing, you've got to be your own worst skeptic. Yes, I you agree. Know, yep. You have to try to do your due diligence to debunk anything that you see. Mm-hmm. You know, so we went back out and we took comparison photos at about the same time of day and everything. And we could not recreate it. And we took measurements and this thing measured over 12 feet tall. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's all kinds of creepy, and you yeah, don't know massive. what it is. He's ma- whatever he is, he's massive. Yeah, he's. <laughs> that's enough to keep me home. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting freaking goosebumps just sitting here talking about it. But yeah, that's amazing. You know, Tex, I, I tell you what, you know, it's talking to you is incredibly easy and, and it's it's already been almost an hour and we've barely scratched the surface. So mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that this can be our introduction to Tex and you'll come back and fill in some more blanks for us in other shows if you'd be willing. I would absolutely love to. Anytime you want me, brother, just to say the word. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, because I, I can tell you and I have a lot more to talk about, <laughs> but we just don't have a lot more time. So, But what I do want you to do is to take a few minutes and let people know how to stay in touch with you. What are you doing? Where can they find your work? And uh, and so on. Well, I mean, we've got the YouTube channel. It's called Texas Front Porch. Um, we've got four shows a week. We do uh, my show, which is Texas Front Porch Live. On Mondays at 6.30 p.m. Central, it's usually me and Jason McLean. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, Wednesdays, we've got Jason's show at 9 p.m. Central, which is Jason McLean Questions Everything. And that's a panel-type show. Oh, cool. And, man, he jumps down every rabbit hole there is. <laughs> and uh, then on Thursdays at noon Central, we've got Brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Oh, cool. And he's got some of the greatest guest on there me it's usually me and him mm-hmm. and uh, he's got some of the greatest guests lined up over there man it's just it's you never know what you're going to get but it's mainly cryptids mm-hmm. and uh then on friday nights um, we just kicked this off and we're so happy that we just got a brand new member of the team and jessica jones and she's a she's a remote viewer, an accomplished remote, remote viewer. She's helped find missing people before. I mean, this is not just a wide remote view. You know, it's proven that she, she's been successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also a Bigfoot researcher and everything. And uh, but she's got her shows are they air at uh, they go live at um, eight p.m. Central on Fridays. Okay. And what she does, she does something that we couldn't find anybody doing. She remote views these cases of these missing people or these strange cases that we hear about, like um, Dutloff Pass. And I know I'm butchering that name. And I'm sorry. David Politis? No, Dutloff Pass. Oh, Russian Diet, thing. Dutloff Pass, yeah. Yeah. From Russia. Um, this was the last show she did. Mm. Um, she remote views all these cases and then talks about her findings on the show. Wow. That's awesome. And, yeah. And the stuff she found on that was just you know, it was pretty crazy. No, that's but, awesome. Uh, and then do you have social media to to text that you, that you refer to people to or no? Yeah, we're on Facebook okay. and uh, we're also out on, um, we just, in fact, we just, last week we just started airing over on Odyssey Radio and iHeart Radio. So you can find us over there too. Fantastic. Well, brother, it's been an epic journey, but way too fast. It just went way too quick. But uh, we'll definitely get you back on and we'll drill into more of this because there's so much more to discover and to discuss. I know you've had so many experiences that we haven't even bumped into yet. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get you back on. And thank you so much for making the time tonight to do this with me. No, I appreciate you having me on, brother. Like I said, anytime you say the word, I'll, I'll, I'll be more than happy to chew the fat with you. <laughs> I got plenty of fat to chew, so we're good. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you again. All 
right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 